0: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.
1: Stardust City, where the clothes are cream, but the bars are gritty. It's Monday night at 7 p.m. And that must mean it's Mission Log Live.
0: I'm Rekha Sharma. And I'm John Champion, all the way back from Planet Pimp. where Whoop. let's see. <laughs> see, we, uh, What did we do there? Uh, we met Vop. Uh, we learned about the aftermarket for Borg Tech. Uh, we caught up with Bruce Maddox. Hey, I'm, I'm so glad about that. Uh, I bet it can answer a lot of questions for us as the story unfolds. I'm glad he'll be around for a nice long while. Mm-hmm
1: spoilers reptile bouncers (laughs) femme fatales and costumes galore we'd love to hear what you have to say you can join us very easily by clicking on the zoom meeting link or by using the one tap from your smartphone or you can just dial us up at 69-90-6833 and enter the meeting code you see on screen.
0: That's right. So I know you're getting warmed up in the chat because as I do every week, I just, I jump in there. I look at who's there, what they're saying. So I know that you're chatting and I know that some of you have already called. You're waiting patiently in the queue, but I love it when you bring your thoughts to us face-to-face. You know what to do. Reka said it already. I always do what Reka says, and you should too. Click the link, use the one tap, call 669-900-6833, and we will be here to chat with you.
1: Yeah, and also a big thank you to tuning in. You might be uh, joining us live right now at facebook.com slash Pod or at youtube.com slash Prod. You might be watching this video later every time it cracks me up. You might be watching this video later, or you might be picking up the audio-only podcast later. Either way, we do appreciate you joining us, honestly. All we ask is that you hit like, you hit share, and you tell others to join us for Mission Log Live to talk track.
0: Yes. And uh, so many people who are ready, I mean, early in the chat, um, uh, logging in with some of their opinions, their thoughts, and of course, saying hello to us. So uh, there's Rhea saying good evening, morning and afternoon to all of us. Hi, Earl. Hi, John. Hi, Reka, Hi, Scott Palm, because of course, Scott Palm is there. So hi, Scott. Uh, Hi, Paul. Joy, Joy C. Lucas says, this was my favorite episode so far. So very interested. Maybe, Joy, give yes. us a call and tell us why. I'd be very curious. Uh, there's Alan Perry. Uh, there's Bjorn. There's Pam. There's Kenneth. Uh, Kenneth saying, unfortunately, there are a number of critiques to throw this episode's way. So, so many opinions, different yeah. places, different uh, uh, different opinions coming. There's Eric uh, saying hi to all of us by name. Thank you. There's Karen. Um, gosh, uh, everybody, uh, again, I said Scott. There's Michael. There's Keith. There's David. Thank you, everybody who's joining us live here in the chat or who is joining us later. You mean the world to us. Well, speaking for myself, you mean the world to me. Hit like, hit share, just like Rekha said. Um, Not a whole lot of news uh, for what's coming up. We will be making some... uh, Convention announcements soon. Talking about uh, what's happening at WonderCon. Talking about what's happening at the Michelle Nichols farewell con. Uh, talking about gosh. Then further down the road, you got Comic-Con, You got uh, you got Vegas. You got all the cons coming up. So we'll uh, we'll make some detailed announcements about those later. But right now, just want to remind you, of course, to join us Monday nights seven next week. Wow, six. Next week, we will be six episodes, so we're, we're 60% into yeah. Picard's first season. I can't believe it. it. You know, 10 episodes feels like it's just come and gone.
1: It's going to fly by. It's
0: going to fly by. Right? And I
1: just, I, I, I have to say, I noticed you were talking about a lot of cons.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So is the show tonight? What? What?
0: <laughs> That's, wow, There's, very good. Right? There's a lot yes. of cons. Yes, yes, very good. It's was, it was like <laughs> Oceans 11. Yes. <laughs> um, hey, Reika, why yeah. don't you let our friends in the audience know about our poll from last week? I'm going to go ahead I and grab will. the stats from this week's poll. Exciting. And, uh, and I'll catch up with you, okay?
1: Okay. So, last week, guys, we talked about the policy of absolute candor. How many of you found it annoying? And how many of you found it liberating? So annoying, thirty-five percent, and liberating, sixty-five percent. You know what? Yeah, it takes a trek audience to think outside of the box and be like, "We're ready. We're ready for a new way of life. We're gonna liberate ourselves."
0: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And you, Just you think what's that's what's going mind. on here? You I think, think so. they are ready. You think they are ready to go
1: for a better future, where okay. everybody's like a bunch of. Uh, Warrior nuns. Who doesn't want to be a warrior nun?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, okay. You I mean a
1: <laughs> right? Yes. Anybody watch Watchmen?
0: Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: I... Regina King is amazing.
0: Hey, um uh... <laughs> Good point. Hey, I I do want to uh, mention something really quick because uh, I am watching. uh, I'm looking on a different device here watching uh, the feed. Uh, There might be some problems tonight with some some of our upstream bandwidth messing up. So uh, everybody rest assured the calls will be fine. And the audio cast will be fine. But if you're having some trouble tonight during the live show, uh, catching us live, uh, don't worry about it. It it might stop and start. It might have some drop frames in there. Might have a lot of drop frames. But don't worry. The show actually will be OK. In fact, I see Amy there saying the connection is going in and out. But I am here. Yes. Yes, you are here. And we will talk to you in a moment.
1: Thanks for sticking around with our technical difficulties.
0: Yeah, please do, please do. Not not everything can be accounted for all the time. So it happens. And like I said, you'll uh, you'll have the audio cast a little later to look forward to. Uh, Speaking of looking forward to things, hey Reka, you Mm. mind if I uh, give a little recap of the story?
1: Oh my God, please.
0: All right, the Stardust. Let's let's (laughs) let's do the Stardust City. Oh wait,
1: wait, wait. But what about
0: this week's poll? Oh, oh, wait. Oh, this week's poll. Of course. Of course. I, I was looking at it and then talking and I forgot this week, which was more gory? The moment with Echeb's eye this week in Stardust City Rag or or throwback to season one of Next Gen Remix Head Debris. And yes, every time I say Remix Head Debris, uh, we are owed $100. So uh, which was more gory, Echeb's eye or Remix Head Debris? A dead heat. saying Icheb's Eye, 52% saying Remick's Head Debris. So that 30-year-old special effect, they're saying, is more gory than uh, a contemporary special effect on Picard. I don't know. I have
1: to look that up.
0: Yeah, both pretty gross.
1: I don't want to look it up, but now I'm curious.
0: Oh, you have to. You have to now. (laughs) Okay. All right, here we go. A little recap of Stardust City Rag. Thirteen years ago on Vergesen, Ichab lives on an examination table being tortured and stripped for parts by a woman. When she's startled and asks for Bjezel, 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 it is indeed seven of nine who enters, stunning the others in the room and attempting to save her friend. He's beyond saving, though, and tearfully seven puts him out of his misery. Fast forward to today, and a reptilian, Vup, approaches Bejazel in Stardust City on Free Cloud, saying something about Bruce Maddox. She sees Bruce in a terrible state, not knowing what to do since the Tal Shiar completely destroyed his lab. He'd go on about this, but after a sip of his tranya that Bejazel poisoned, he falls to the floor. On La Sirena, Seven visits Picard in his Holo Chateau, She wants to know why he's going to Free Cloud, and he wants to know the same from her. She's a Fenris Ranger now, a kind of vigilante. The details aren't important. And as for Picard, he's trying to help someone who will die without him. Elsewhere on the ship, Rafi and Rio speculate just how Seven and Picard know each other. And in her quarters, Dr. Jurati is watching a sentimental video of her and Bruce Maddox playfully talking about cookies, then kissing and Agnes wipes a tear from her eye. Arriving at Free Cloud, well, isn't this convenient? Bajazel is holding Bruce Maddox, and Seven thinks they have an in to get Maddox, if they offer Seven herself as bait. Time to go full on Ocean's Eleven, or Picard's Five, or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> Rios assumes the guise of a space pimp. He's there to make contact with Bajazel, entice her with the deal, which means seven and all her intact Borg tech. That is, uh, once he gets past Vup's rather unique interrogation and his keen sense of smell, which can alert him to a liar and also what that person had for breakfast. Fortunately, Rios was injected with something from Rafi's aromatherapy kit, which throws off the big lizard. The rest assume their roles, Picard as a flamboyant French trader and Seven as, uh, well, as herself, but as a prisoner to be traded. Dr. Girardi will stay on board and operate the transporter to beam everyone to safety as soon as the word is given. And Raffi has given Seven a pattern enhancer to make it easier for them to all slip through. This whole time, Raffi has had her eye on something else. Once everyone is away on their mission, she drops by a family clinic on Free Cloud to find Gabriel Huang, her son. He and his wife are expecting a child. And here's Raffi, the mother who wasn't there, who embarrassed Gabriel with tales of conspiracy. It's a cold reunion. And in the end, Gabriel wants nothing to do with her. When our impossible mission force are introduced to Bejazel, something is wrong. Bejazel recognizes Seven, and Seven recognizes Bejazel. Guns are drawn by Bejazel's guards, and now the deal is clearly something else. Seven grabs Bejazel by the throat, demanding that her guards disarm themselves. With the ruse being broken now, and the pretense dropped, Seven explains that Bejazel had lied about being a Fenris Ranger, had gained Seven's confidence, then stripped Borg, including Echeb, of their parts to make a profit. Icheb says Seven was the closest thing she had to family. Ricard tells her that revenge won't help. By then, Vup has quietly drawn his weapon, handily stopped when Rio shoots him, and it's time for our heroes to beam out of there with Bruce Maddox, safely on board La Sirena. It's time for Seven to say goodbye again. She's going back to Stardust City to finish her mission But before she does, she wants to know if Picard feels like he ever regained his humanity after his experience with the Borg. Not all of it, he says. (laughs) But he and she are still working on it. And she beams away, very armed, to confront Bejazel one last time. It goes pretty much as Seven planned, vaporizing Bejazel in short order, then taking on a security team as she attempts to shoot her way out. Back on La Serena. Bruce Maddox is in the infirmary, barely hanging on, and he gets the update from Picard. Dodge is dead, but Bruce says Soji is on the Borg Cube. He sent her and Dodge where he did to get to the bottom of how Starfleet is in cahoots with the Romulans. Picard tells Rios that their next stop is the Artifact, a.k.a. the Borg Cube, and hey, guess who was on board La Sirena who said she was done with them as soon as they got to Free Cloud? Yeah, Raffi is here, and she's just not in the mood to talk to anyone right now. Bruce needs to rest to recover from his injuries, and not to worry. Dr. Girardi is there to take care of him, like really take care of him. She cancels the EMH, cancels his treatment, he dies the end dun 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 she's a bad guy I don't know what is <laughs> going
1: on I don't know No,
0: what no okay cause I, I, I have ideas well, we, well let me put it this way um <laughs> <clears throat> all right, I'm disappointed maybe that she's not who we thought she was just because everybody said, like, oh, she's a spy. She's a spy. And they're just clearly trying to fake us out. But I think there's more to it than just that. Definitely. So, because it, it would be, if it was just like, oh, she's a Romulan spy, I would just be like, oh, come on. Really? That would
1: be so boring if that's all. It, it would was. be. I think it's way more complicated. Certainly, I do too. her performance was very layered.
0: Like, yes.
1: Yeah. I think Thank there's you. a lot of different things going on.
0: Thank you. As, as the resident actor here, pointing that out because you are right. Um, and in fact, I, there was a, a line of hers that I wrote down that I thought was so good right at the end. I wish you knew what I knew. I wish I didn't know what I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. That, that's not just like the mustache twirling Romulan. No. You know, th- There's something deep and complex going on here.
1: And as you probably see in my notes, I wrote in all caps. The only thing in all caps is, what the hell does she know?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right,
0: (laughs) right. That's awesome. Hey, uh, we do have callers. Uh, We have many people who called in right away as soon as we went on the air. So let's just start talking to people, shall we? Yes, please. All right. We got Paul, who's been waiting patiently since the top. Paul, how are you tonight? Hi, John. Hi, Rekha. Hi, Hi.
3: I'm, I'm a little needy tonight. Oh, I, I had to call in to talk about this episode because I'm I'm uh, I'm very heartbroken. I'm heartbroken.
0: Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. How, how are you heartbroken exactly by well, who, who show us on the doll where you well, got? There's heartbroken. There's, uh,
3: <laughs> there's there's all sorts of things that break my heart in this episode, but I want to talk about seven. All those years on Voyager. Um, discovering her humanity and maybe beyond that. And this is where she's ended up. And that's, that's mm. sad. That's a sad thing to happen. Mm. It's it, cool, but it's sad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I, I have mixed feelings. Um, yeah, exactly. Because there is one way for her to go, which is uh, her time on Voyager helped her regain her humanity, and she's fine, and all, all of that stuff worked. I mean, she's a work in progress, but, but she's on the are. right path, right? Right. The other way I look at it is this. Here's a person who had her humanity taken away from her at five years old. And everything through her formative years was the horror of that violation. And I, the, the, the one piece of it that gives me some hope is that you know she and picard have this moment of recognition i think that was one of the best scenes in the whole Mm -hmm. episode agreed and he says you know we're both working on it she's sadly she's working on it in this destructive way um but she has always been a character who has been trying to find herself and find meaning and find her place in the universe And yet at every turn, it just, just the rug pulled out from under her during that, that terrible time. And, and here's somebody who did everything quote unquote right after she gets liberated from the Borg, but then the world kind of turned to hell around her, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I kind of love that she's, um, you know, from being from the collective is essentially now a lone ranger, you know, she's, Mm -hmm. Had to sw- taken. Yeah. Swing to the other end of the spectrum to, you know, one thing I, I was writing a little bit about on my notes is, uh, is that metaphor, which I love. It's like <clears throat> for, for society, you know, like how much of what we do, uh, is dictated by the noise of the many minds of the collective. How many of the choices do we make in a day are actually a collective choice, mm. you know? Uh, like, for instance, uh, you know, a man shaving his beard—is that you that really wants to do that first thing in the morning, or is that a collective choice that we've made as a culture that, in order for you to go to the office, you have to shave your beard? Uh. So, you know, like, and so, how much, you know, what? How do we get back to the humanity? How do we get back to ourself—the real self—who is the one who makes the decisions? It doesn't matter whether you shave your beard or not. It's just like, who's making that decision? Is it really yours?
3: It was my wife. (laughs) Yeah, that was your wife. That's
1: funny. You know what I mean, as as an example. But, you know, there's things that we do all day long that we don't think about. And I think that's a wonderful um, way to look at that metaphor of the Borg Mm -hmm. and what it means to be human. She's it's certainly made a choice. a
3: choice. She's made a choice right. about where she's wanted, where she wants to be. And it's, in some cases, yeah. it's, a, it's a selfless choice. She's, she's filling the void it that uh, well, has she's left. She's being a, yeah. a,
1: a vigilante for, mm-hmm. for good, right?
3: Well, we hope. It's for, we hope. Right I now it's so. for revenge, but she's like, you know, it was for
0: revenge.
1: It yeah. was a little, you know, but, but uh, uh, she's being human at least.
0: <laughs> it is very human it is yeah. and there, there's yes. something oh man, that moment between her and Picard is just so i don 't know I I, I I totally bought it that she is just carrying around this profound hurt mm-hmm. um, Trauma. That, for the for the fifteen plus years of being part of the collective for then trying desperately to find her place among humans where she also doesn 't belong but then also to have the only people that she can relate to being not only taken away from her, but tortured mm-hmm. and taken away from her. It's just brutally. Yeah. One horrible thing after another, she, she's having maybe the most human response. It's mm-hmm. an untamed human response. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I, I want more of her. she, Look, Jerry is just a fantastic actor in this. Mm -hmm. And I think Seven is one of the the most interesting, complex, deep characters they have ever written on Star Trek. And uh, man, I just want more of her on this show or wherever we can get her. yeah, so, will we though? That's a yeah. I, yeah. This is all we
3: get. It's kind of a oh,
1: it's yeah. not going to be all we get. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no not. way, no way.
0: Well, uh, Paul, what, what what else? How how were the many other ways that your heart was broken this week? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, there was. You know, I, I will leave a, leave it for a lot of other people to call and talk about more of the other heartbreaking things. I did want to mention that I you know I put a lot of blame for what happened her the situation that they're, they're all into. I mean, we haven't seen a Starfleet uniform or ship since we left earth. And like I said, yeah. uh, the, the Rangers are trying to fill a void that, um, that Starfleet used to have. So that's a, you know, I mean, we can, we can bring that into you know today's politics and today's situations, you know, buckle in, this could be <laughs> political, but um, you know, that's a, you know when a when a superpower you know steps back you know a void is created and problems you know there are repercussions that that will affect so many people so that that's you know yeah this is well, this is a, this is a, this is a heavy this is a heavy situation this the story is fabulous but it's a heavy heavy it story it is <laughs>
0: and, and i think i mean it'll be interesting to look at all of this in a few weeks in retrospect when we've seen the whole story but the thing that's interesting to me again here is, you know, what if it, it's a very Picard thing? What if you did everything right, but you still lost, but things still went wrong around you? And and here's Picard thinking and trying to do everything right way back when, during the Romulan relocation, um, and yet things went wrong around him. And, and here's Seven, the last we saw of her in Voyager, trying to do things right. And yet things went wrong around her. How do you react to that? Yeah. Um, they're trying. They're trying. So you're human. Cool. Paul, thank you for calling in this week, okay? You're welcome. You guys we'll have see a nice you night. soon. And we'll we hear everybody else's heartbreak on the rest of the show.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good night, guys. Good thank night. You, thank good night.
0: you. Uh, you know, personal or story related, whatever. You can just, you know, you can share with us. We're here for you. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Amy. Amy Emhoff welcome amy. to the show hey oh wait amy's muted amy's mute i see amy but
3: i don't amy, see amy
0: there we go there's amy she is now unmuted
4: Do you see amy
0: hello welcome to the show there she is hey can you hear us okay hello Uh oh we'll come back to amy oh, you. Hey, there you are Hey, yes, we can hear you. I don't oh. know if you, you're catching the delay. You're a little <laughs> crunchy. Oh, uh, it's
1: pretty crunchy. Yeah, we might Hi have everybody, little... can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can. I think you I don't know if you're catching the delay on Facebook. Hi. Turn off the live me? stream yeah, if I can you want. Okay. What is shaking? Hello. What's on your mind tonight, Amy? Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, we're going to pause you for just a second. We'll come I back to you. I am catching the delay. Okay, uh, I'm going to put you oh. back on with Earl, and we will come back to you in a moment. You know, Rika, it's uh, like the old days, a terrestrial radio. You tell somebody <laughs> to turn off their uh, radio when they call <laughs> into the station. It happens. So. It happens. <laughs> <Can you talk laughs> oh, she's still
1: there? I don't know yep. what's happening. I think so. It
0: yep. sounds like. Yep. So I, I saw her give the thumbs up. So we're going to try Amy one more time here and okay. we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. If not, we'll go over to the vice admiral and we'll come back to Amy. So, uh, all right, Amy, are you with us in real time? Seeing us, hearing us, talking to us. Nope. Okay. Let's jump over to the vice admiral real quick. We'll come back to Amy for sure. Cause I definitely would get her perspective. Amy is a massive Voyager fan. And uh, rightfully so. So I'm looking forward to getting her impressions of uh, tonight's episode of Picard. Uh, but let's hop just over a to
1: Smart Cookie in general.
0: Right, right, yeah. So let's hop yeah. over to the Vice Admiral. Let's see how things are going tonight. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, there was a big Barfleet party last weekend or the weekend before.
5: Uh, it was yeah. It was the weekend before at uh, Cap. Oh yeah. Yeah. How was that? How would that go? Are you are you well, currently recovered? Oh yeah. I was yeah. going to say. are you And still we did. Over? We did win best room party, so
0: bravo! Yes, you did. Because why wouldn't you?
5: <laughs> we, we tend to, we tend to put up a pretty good fight, you know. So, um, but it was fun. It was a it was a good deal of fun. So, very good. sorry you missed it, both of you.
0: Oh but man! Well, one sometime, of these days, someday, yeah. <laughs> All right, talk to us about uh, Picard, episode five, and uh, take uh, us down to Stardust City.
5: Well, if I'm looking through the. Uh, Looking through the chat and listen, and of course all the things online, there's a whole lot of people that have a whole lot of really, really big things to talk about about this episode. So I'm not, I'm not going to do that.
0: Okay, all right. I'm going to well, say you can. something you more can simple. If you want. I know. Okay. I'm going
5: to go with something yeah. a little more simple. Okay. Okay. Why is it that there is such a market for bor- uh, used board parts? You That's
0: know, a good question. I was wondering that myself. Oh, yeah. Um Hmm. Because if Borg parts are all made by nanoprobes, nanoprobes are what sort of operating them, building them, keeping them running in your body, Mm -hmm. wouldn't they just do what they do? And that is to say, keep going and then turning you completely Borg and then having you assimilate others. I mean, isn't this just sort of, a a bad idea all around um by the way earl says remember to look for the union label (laughs) and buy only genuine ac delco borg parts he (laughs) he is right
5: he is not mistaken i assume that most of them i mean if they're just pulling them apart and i don't mean that in a crude way but uh if they're where are i mean the nanoprobe dispensers have to be a part of that too
0: yeah, right, right, yeah. So th- th- all all that stuff, from what we know of the Borg, talks to each other and mm-hmm. works in concert with each other. And that's a little... Like, if you just handed me... If we were just doing a Bionic Man thing and you said, here, here's here's an arm to make you throw faster or here are legs to make you run faster. Like, fine. But Borg are a whole other ball game, And that's worrisome. And who is buying those stuff, uh, the, those things like an ocular implant, who is buying that and what right. are they doing with it?
5: We've only seen that there's a huge market for it. We we don't know what that market is doing with it or yes. who that market is represented by other than obviously the underworld.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm greatly concerned by this. Oh um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's disgusting.
5: <laughs> I don't want boring parts. One would think nobody does except for, Liberated Borg who might need them. Like after all, I mean, as they said, as uh, I didn't remember who was mentioning in the chat, but yeah, the one of the one of the deep cuts here is that didn't Icheb donate his cortical node to Seven in Voyager?
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're right.
5: So that's oh. why they couldn't find it.
0: Oh man! <laughs> oh. Hmm. Yes. Oh oh yeah this this is bad <laughs> this is bad all around oh yeah
5: yeah that that, that makes it even worse doesn't yeah, it? yeah
0: yeah taking does. board parts installing them yourself all yeah none of this is good none of this is good all right <laughs> well thanks for bringing us down man <laughs> I <appreciate laughs> well i don't think there's a lot of
5: up in this episode except for picard's <laughs> over-the-top performance
0: yeah okay. yeah,
5: yeah. Uh, that was thought, amazing
0: who who here thought of monty python yeah <laughs> okay I thought so. Cause I know Earl did. We had a, a little talk earlier about that and yeah, whenever given a chance to work in the, uh, the, the French nights. Um, yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah exactly. Pretty awesome. Cool, man.
0: All right. All right. So well, okay, I
5: I kept mine. I, I thought I was keeping it light. I didn't, but, um, but yeah. let me, uh, Simple let me... And
1: simply dark. <laughs> yeah.
5: Let me make room here. So Amy can get in here and, uh, you guys have a great, uh, great week, and we'll talk again next week, hopefully. You too, my friend. We'll talk yeah, then.
1: Thank you. All take right, care. Well, bye. You too.
0: All right. The moment we've all been waiting for, we're going to head back to Amy. Amy, welcome to the show.
4: Hi, John. Hi, Rekha. You can hear me now?
0: Yes, you're a little yeah. crunchy. Yeah. I
4: had to take off my headphones. They were a problem.
0: Okay. You're, okay. you're a little crunchy, but but I think we can uh, we can translate. So, okay, great. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
4: So I was super thrilled, as you might expect, given that I host the Women of Trek panel every year, which Reiko was on last summer. It was so fun in Vegas.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
4: I was very thrilled to see Seven of Nine again. Uh, Even more thrilled to see her uh, not in a cat suit, not wearing heels, you know, kicking ass on her own terms, you know, having that that moment where she's kind of out, she's, she's not Starfleet, she's never been Starfleet, and she's always chased against that Starfleet um, rule structure, and now she's a ranger, she's a vigilante, you know, she can do what she wants, she can, she can dispense the justice how she feels is best, um, and you know, of course, she and Janeway we were always in contention, uh, and I really thought that she benefited from being outside the structure, and Picard seems to be all about what they're doing outside the structure.
0: Uh, right? yeah i mean uh, that's I, I i got no argument with that honestly you know i i, I don't
1: especially uh, with what we learned in this episode
0: yeah yeah let's get out of that structure exactly it's like no, no matter what with seven even if you put her in the starfleet structure she's she's gonna be her own person you know yeah. Um, and, and that is a very unique situation to be the the human that she is, but the Borg that she is slash was. Yeah, and I so, think
4: she kind of rebelled against that like orderliness that she you know grew up in, that she you know the assimilation that she grew up in. She yeah. doesn't. You know, I mean, obviously, she retains all some of that. You know, I noticed somebody somebody tweeted that she did that little head tilt that she does.
0: Oh yeah. As
4: uh, as Seven, like right when she kind of dropped in, like, oh, you only oh, ship a card but um, uh, but she's definitely like stepped outside her like very rigid self you know she she drinks bourbon you know she's she's rocking her she's rocking her like leather and her phaser rifles like I think that seeing that you know as someone who who grew up seeing Janeway as my top favorite but then being able to see seven again as as someone who's older, who has gone through this political climate, someone who's kind of existed in, like, the era where we're marching and we're asking, you know, women, the women's march, and we're asking for more rights, and we're asking for, you know, um, um, we're asking for the kind of, like, future that I hope Starfleet would be fighting for. And
6: mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. to see
4: Seven coming in and doing that, you know, it kind of, it gave me, like, a real sense of pride and a real sense of, of seeing her, you know, just from, like, a feminist perspective, too.
0: That is awesome to hear. Hey, hey
4: That's
1: listen, great. Uh, so great.
0: yeah, your, your comments are uh, awesome to hear. I apologize that the, the audio, the, the connection is not good. It's very crunchy on our yeah. end. So, yeah. um, I, I'm gonna say good night for now, but I I want you to call back, or honestly, we record this uh, uh, separately and release it in a supplemental or something. Because <laughs> this is very very cool, and I uh, I really appreciate your insights into seven, and uh, obviously the seven relationship with uh, uh, you know the Voyager crew, and then obviously what became of seven. I think that's what's so cool is to figure out that 14 years in between and uh, what became of her. Amy, thank you so, so much thank for calling you. in and uh, we'll see you soon. All right, cheers.
3: Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey, uh, Reka. before we get to some more callers, some yeah. great comments that I wanted to call out here. That and again, great. thank you for everybody who's bearing with any uh, technical stuff going on tonight. Chris Riker says, do we want to mention Mr. Mott's hair empire? <laughs> so so we do have a reference. You have that, that uh, establishing shot a Stardust City, and you've got Corks Bar, which is awesome. But Mott, now Mott has he just established a hair empire as the Bolian barber, or is has he gone into a new business? Is he like in the nightlife business now? So that's very cool, definitely. And uh, Joy Lucas points out Corks Bar sighting. Yes, absolutely, um, Carlos. No one expects the French Inquisition. I see what you did there, Carlos. Very clever, <laughs> David. David says the market. Uh, what's happening in this future is the market uh, for Borg parts is that they make great uh, electric razors, tooth sharpeners, and deep fryers. So now we know. Uh, now we know exactly <laughs> what's happening there deep with all the, uh, the Borg parts. Yeah. Oh, and Paul, Paul, who just called us, he makes a very good point. He says, I didn't expect Elner to be the comedy relief on this show.
1: I know, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that either. That was great. His, really
0: the, cute. After everybody gets the personalized ads, I did not get one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so good. He doesn't know how to do it.
0: That was awesome. Uh, so yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of good comments here, and uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, people being patient with us uh, with the stream. But thank you all who are hanging in there. Hey, uh, and, and actually, uh, Joy followed up by saying. I enjoyed Elner in this episode. His reaction was very old-timey Star Trek alien to me. Yeah. Uh, and him looking up to Rios as a male figure was adorable. Yeah. I, I actually I didn't catch that, but but now that I think about it, yeah, he really is. Yeah. That's very awesome. <laughs> um and uh oh, here you go. Rick says, I I still can't believe Reka has joined our group. I right? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> hey let's uh let's go ahead and take another call it looks like we had uh eric who is next uh eric who i believe is on the phone tonight eric are you there
2: i am do you hear me we sure do welcome to the show eric okay. welcome hi um well i was noticing in the last couple of episodes that um there are a couple of um, mythological references that were that um seem kind of interesting because uh, i mean not unusual for for there to be the sort of illusions in Star Trek, but I think they might have been digging uh, kind of deep to try to make them uh, relevant to the story. Um, In particular, uh, the Fenris Raiders and Vashti. And uh, I I don't know how familiar you are with with, with, uh, either of those uh, figures, but um, I can Go into please, it a little
0: bit, yeah, will. please. Please tell us. Uh, let Let's talk about the Fenris Raiders because uh, I know that Vashti. Uh, there was a little bit of discussion, I believe, in the chat last week about that. There was. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I'm very curious about the Fenris Raiders.
2: So um, Fenris was the um, in Norse mythology, also known as Fenrir, was a wolf. Uh, that was the son of Loki. But he was being raised um, in Asgard with the gods. uh, The the uh, god of justice here, who is a very kind of a a hands-on kind of god of justice, not like the uh, not like a a judge, but more of a a, um, more like physical law enforcement, uh, trial by ordeal and by combat. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was he raised him as a pup, uh, and then but he got. Bigger and bigger and bigger, and he, his hunger became enormous. And um, eventually, Odin, king of the gods, decided that he needed to be bound. And uh, the uh, they tried to test this. Uh, they they brought chains and uh, under the pretense of him testing his strength. And the first two chains uh, they brought broke. And then they made the, an even stronger chain that was made out of. Uh, ingredients that are I- impossible, things that that can't exist. That um, it was the strongest chain, and he knew what was up, and he knew that this this chain would bind him, and he would only accept to be bound um, if he if Tyr would put his hand in Fenris's mouth. And when he did this, uh, the the chain went around him, and Fenris snapped um, Tear's hand off. And then at the end of the uh, in Ragnarok. Uh, the Doom of the Gods, Uh, he will become, uh, the the chain will break and he goes after Odin and devours him. And the Fenris in this, Fenris Raiders I think is kind of interesting because that kind of brings to mind the Borg. And that she she named the Fenris Raiders as Mm. such because being ex-Borg and also being kind of, upset with the lack of justice, they're having to take justice into her own hands. Yeah. Um, because there is no law out there.
0: That was um, a great line. Uh, uh Picard uh, I forgot how he phrased it, but uh, mm. something saying about you know taking the law into your own hands or or breaking the and she said yeah. what law <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah. 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 And yeah, you know, like she just she had the what she had to do what she would the Jazel because otherwise she would just go back to Harvesting more board parts, right um
1: yeah,
2: so yeah, I, I know a lot of no people didn't her. like what she did uh <laughs> at the end of that, but I, there really wasn't another way um, uh, yeah. so you said other is other go ahead
1: oh I was just gonna say that well, i'm sure I'm sure there could have been another way, but that's the one she chose
2: well, yeah, <laughs> that was the only way that, that she see that or that she could see. And who knows if, if they got some other sort of help to take care of it, uh, to take care of the problem, how long that would take. She might have gone away. I don't know. Um, you said there was talk about Vashti last week with the um, the the Esther story? I, I, I want to say that... at last week?
0: Yeah, I want to say that there was something about that in the chat or, or it, yeah, it, it came up it. somewhere. We didn't uh, go into it in the... Uh, uh, it, into the show, but yes, it did come up somewhere uh was there a, a comment about that or uh, something story related uh, on that just, I, wanted to um,
2: I thought that it was kind of um, it was i mean the the idea of uh, Vashi is kind of a become a feminist icon in this year, the, the planet of where there are warrior nuns seemed interesting but then in the most recent episode, there was the um uh, there's a bit with Eleanor and about how he's, they didn't want him to lie, um, but he—they just wanted him to keep his mouth shut, which is kind of a thing that happens in the Esther story uh, when she's uh, yeah. uh, she's not supposed to tell tell her the king that she's a Jew, um, but she's not supposed to, doesn't not supposed to lie. Just don't volunteer that information. Um, also, in Turin, people wear ridiculous outfits. Um, as part of the celebration. So there's that. Nice. I like um, the sound of
0: this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but then other th- going off of that, I kind of wanted to also talk about the um the Romulan mythology from the previous episode. I wanted to call in last week but I wasn't able to get in. But um the whole thing about um the destroyer that will bring l- that will end all life and the fact that this is an AI, and I have to wonder, does this tie into season two of Discovery? Mm. Wait. Uh, well, Reika's uh, is
0: Ra- it- our resident Discovery expert. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, does it tie into Control?
0: D- uh, well, uh, no idea. I mean... R- remains to be seen, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. have no idea if they're well, what, trying
1: to make connections between those two worlds. It it doesn't seem obvious to me.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I, but okay, go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was say I, I I wouldn't think so, but I mean that that's not a, at least okay. thematically I I can see how we can uh, connect those threads. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It, it it seems kind of odd to me that like that they would end. I mean, it's mostly the second half of of season two of Discovery, with the the going on about control taking over. Mm-hmm. But then they go the next trek. We see is this whole plot line about evil AI, AI taking over. And while they did that in old Trek, but you wouldn't get like what little girls are made of. Uh, followed by a, a, a Taste of Armageddon, followed by uh, Return of the Archons, back to back to back but right we're getting these two ai destroy uh, destroying all life stories right, right. i well, mean i feel like and, it's sort yeah. of
1: it's part of the zeitgeist right now yeah. you know it's just I, ai yeah. is is it's in the freaking newspapers right now yeah i, I um, think
0: that that's definitely had that has to be an influence yeah. on uh, on what's going now I, I, and
1: i honestly think about uh, Battlestar a lot with with this Show, yeah. show with all the ai stuff and i mean her being the destroyer while you know Kara thrace was the harbinger of death it's definitely you know some similar themes
0: sure yeah, for sure hey okay. uh eric we we've got uh, many more calls to get to so i uh, hope you don't mind if we uh, say goodbye right. uh, but please call us Good back pleasure. appreciate your insights okay. all right
1: yeah thank you
2: all
0: right, all right. Sure. cool hey Thank you. Take care. Uh, Without wasting a moment, we're just going to jump right over to Karen, uh, who is on the phone. Karen, welcome to the show again. Hi, I hope that, uh, can you hear me okay? Sure can, loud and clear. What's on your mind tonight?
7: Great. Well, I'm going to go back to the big scene. (laughs) Do it. Just because I, I feel, you know, it was just so sad, and I'm very sad. I love Egypt from... Voyager so much and I'm sad in that way but I'm sad that the controversy kind of has taken away from the scene itself which Mm. was so important uh, in setting up what we know of Seven Mm -hmm. who I think doing what she's doing is kind of logical because there were many points through Voyager where she was trying to make up for assimilating people Without yes. thought, without regard, and so it kind of makes sense that she has become this sort of justice for people who cannot help themselves. She's atoning, and this with Icheb really <laughs> sets up not just her character arc but it accomplishes it accomplished a lot of other things. It showed us how Borg are often regarded. We thought the Romulans were being somewhat callous and offhand they were treating them like angels compared to these people everybody seems to consider them as a a very beneath them uh with anger we have tons of people in this era who are you know know somebody who died at Wolf three five nine or was assimilated um i'm sure people are afraid of them even though they're ex-borg Mm-hmm. Or you know, look at them as artificial, even though they are organic. They are people, and especially once disconnected from the hive, regain their individuality. And it accomplished this idea that they just aren't regarded in that way. Plus, they're regarded as a a, a resource, just just a, a a resource of monetary or power or whatever. You know, there probably are not that many Borg, ex-Borg out there, which Mm -hmm. is probably why the market is so um, hot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just, this one scene accomplished a whole lot of storytelling. And I think that's gotten glossed over because people are upset about how it made them feel emotionally. When we've had so much throughout Star Trek, because of the, t- the era, um, or just for the tidiness. I mean, we, you know, we joke about red shirt deaths. We've mm. seen suicide, you know, and the defector, that admirable, it has to kill himself by the end. Mm. Um, you know, we've had murders, you know, shows based around murders, but we didn't see, you know, somebody, people get shot continuously, but it's tidy. They They either disintegrate or disappear. So this one scene which established so much character and story richness is kind of getting diminished by the controversy, and I think that's sad because I think how they filmed it was not gratuitous. I just did not see it as gratuitous, and it was sad, and it was a shame, and it was uh, so... Uh, it was supposed to be it was supposed to make you feel but unfortunately I think people are missing the point that it was supposed to make you feel that the Borg who we always regarded as the big villain are this victim too Yeah, which I find really interesting So anyhow, I don't know. I
1: I, I could talk about this show for an hour. (laughs) I I totally agree with you, Karen. And I, and I found it very difficult to watch, but I did feel that it was on point with the story. It was, it should be difficult to watch and, and it is tricky because I love the, you know, the clean, wholesome nature of Trek. And yet what we're talking about is not clean and wholesome. It's, and and it this stuff is happening in the world, so I I'm always torn with these kinds of uh, things. You know, I do think there's a there's a point where okay, we don't need to see it so intensely because it, uh, you know, it doesn't well, serve us and it maybe, of- you know tortures us or something. But then on the other hand, it can wake you up to the truths that are happening. It can wake you up to the violence that needs to be. Uh, handled you know well it's stopped. it's kind of that
7: agnes was right space is full of stuff and the universe is full of stuff that includes the star trek universe and we always looked at it through one lens we looked at this one spot we looked at it through a, a kind of enclosed universe of a starship there was always more universe there and if we only ever view something through one lens mm-hmm. and look at one spot and look at the pretty stuff or the stuff that comforts us and we don't break out, we, we don't improve the ugly spots and we may miss an even more beautiful spot that we come to.
1: kind of how I feel about that. 100%. Oh. You know? Hey, yeah. you want
0: to you, you host a podcast, Karen? Yeah, totally. uh, Very insightful. I love that. I, I t-
1: I'm digging what you're laying down, girl.
0: So, so cool. And, and yes, just, you know, to really drive home that point again, that, that informed so much about what we got out of seven and uh, they played that scene magnificently. Um, I, I'm glad that it's in there now was removing his eye gory. Yes. Do they have better medical technology in the 24th century? Yes. But the, it, it wasn't that moment that was important. The moment that's important is her coming in, finding him, and realizing what she has to do. That says everything you need to know about that character.
7: But I felt like that that whole setup there was like the back shop, butcher shop. Yeah. You know, the back mm-hmm. alley doctor that you go to, doctor in quotation marks. And mm-hmm. that was also kind of important. You know, it's, it's just like that was the disregard. You know, yeah. this wasn't about being, you know, having it's like actual It's, it's tricky. It's
1: like those dog videos, you know, where they show the dogs being abused uh, mm. uh, in other parts of the world. And, and there's that line, right? There's the line where it's like, okay, this is happening and you need to see it so that you are moved to do something about it. And then there's the like, then they go past that line and it just becomes like torture Yeah, that they're inflicting upon the viewer. You know, it's like...
7: You know, I I think that had that continued on or we saw, you know, multiple people and, you know, person after person, that would get gratuitous. But this was an important character affecting another important character, setting up the scene of how an entire, basically race, even though they're all different species, you know, is being perceived that kind of thing. It, it, it it was really just one scene. And the totality of the, of the time, I mean, there was so much more going on in this episode and in a matter of, you know, four minutes or whatever, you communicated so much. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing. And I don't know. I, I feel like it was justified. And I'm sad that the controversy has taken away from really the depth of it.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. agreed. Well, and I think that might be an interesting thing to come back to uh, after the run of the series Mm -hmm. and see how those controversial Mm -hmm. moments kind of stack up. You know, and 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 what we got as a totality um, Mm -hmm. after kind of processing all of that, Karen. uh, I I would love to do this all night, uh, but we've got a couple more people waiting. (laughs) So um, I really hope that you will, uh, really hope that you will join us again. Okay.
7: All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Bye
0: bye. Bye. Hey, next up we've got Brian. Brian on video. How are you tonight, sir? Hey, Brian. You're with us live. What is on your mind tonight,
6: back with you again,
0: yeah, what's happening? um well, I had a couple
6: of things, uh just very briefly, I think you may already I came in late, so you may have already touched on it, but uh have we finally learned why Picard never used his real French accent? all these years on star trek
0: (laughs) (laughs) wait so you think that was the real accent but his shakespearean english that was the put on to hide the real yeah he took on
6: this uh affected (laughs) yeah and apparently his whole family did too robert and everyone right yeah yeah,
0: totally know that no, that that makes sense. That is the perfect retcon. Yeah. Because
6: I think I heard you mention Monty Python at one point, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought maybe you were talking about John Cleese, because it, <laughs> it did sound like a John Cleese French accent. I was, after all these years, this, this we finally get a French accent out of him, and this is what we get. <laughs> could not believe it. Also, I was wondering if I'm the only one, and maybe it's just a sign of age, but I I could not remember who um, Eachem was. <laughs> Until I actually looked it up, I said, "Oh yeah, there was those four kids from season six or something."
0: Yeah, yeah. Leighton Voyagers, Ron, and they—I want to say he was on four episodes. They explored the Echeb character, and and look, and there's good stuff there. But you know, again, you're talking about. It, Up until, you know, well, before Discovery premiered, 730 plus hours of Star Trek. So uh, there's a lot. I
6: thought I'd memorize them all, but (laughs) (laughs)
0: apparently. That would be very impressive. That would be very impressive indeed. But um, yeah, there's a lot there. And and, and look, everybody has a favorite.
6: Very bad Trekking.
0: Well, no, no, Every, everybody has their favorites. Everybody has their least favorites. And, and everybody kind of has their, their sacred Star Trek cow as well. Like, oh, you can't touch that character. You can't change this. And you know what? I just I want the storytellers to be able to tell their story. And I, I think it was more powerful to see that moment with Icheb than to just make up somebody else and so like oh, oh yeah i, 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 I agree yeah. i
6: mean mm-hmm. once once i saw what was going on i thought that was pretty well done it's just that it was frankly lost on me a little bit because yeah. i had yeah. forgotten about him because it had been so long ago and so i think later voyager and enterprise episodes i don't recall i guess i'm gonna have to right have to follow that podcast of yours and start watching them every day. Yeah, maybe <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hey, uh, we, we do have one more hey, caller, but but Brian, I don't want to cut you short. Is there anything else uh, on your mind tonight?
6: Uh, I had something a couple weeks ago I hadn't get a chance to call in about. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
6: I just put it out there. It's like, I thought the use of Vasquez rocks was a little too meta.
4: <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> uh, I mean, after all this time, it's kind of like, well, yeah, it's cute. You're using Vasquez rocks for the 18th time or whatever, but. Really, I mean, actually, I thought what was funny is that uh, Rafi's home looks like it might have been that diner from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back.
4: Remember? Ooh. <laughs>
0: that's good. That's good. I like it. I just it was, like the idea I'll that you guys well, go. You could go live in Vasquez Rocks in the future. I mean, that's a beautiful place, and you know, you can't live there now. Well,
6: but... yeah, I actually expected it to be a tourist attraction by, ne- by the twenty fourth century. Right. right? I mean, Mojave apparently has this giant city sprouting out of it. And, you know, Pike's come time. Yeah, to right. Map you we saw on the age. So right. I think the desert would be fully populated by now. Anyway, <laughs> I'll let you go.
0: Brian, <laughs> thanks so much for calling in tonight. I like your purple lights, too. That's very cool.
6: Oh, thanks. All right. <laughs> thanks, Brian. Have a good one, Brian. Cheers. Good night. Bye.
0: All right. And then it right. uh, looks like we're going to get to everybody. We've got Eric standing by. So, uh, Eric, okay. what's up tonight? Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you?
8: I'm doing great. I'm going to talk really fast because uh, so I I'm, I'm not doing drugs. I just know we have very limited time. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good to know. I am I am so torn by this because I love this the story of Picard that we're getting and I love the series and yet I can't help I'm reluctantly finding myself agreeing with people who are like who are saying is this really it se- seems like they're they they are not subscribing to Gene Roddenberry's vision. I mean, the mm-hmm. thing about it is, and I guess I was always the one saying, no, we're much more noble as a species if we see ourselves overcoming these things as opposed to having already overcome them. And uh, when Star Trek Six came out and I heard Gene Roddenberry's opinions, I was like, oh, Gene, come on! <laughs> but now that we are kind of in our own version of the '60s,
2: mm-hmm. without
8: getting too on the nose i'm finding it's hitting me harder and i really wish i had that vision of hey we get past all this and the way maybe it's because i'm reading the novel last best hope which goes into a lot of the background of what happened uh in before the series starts but it's like i can't help but think man humans are just as screwed up now as they ever were before like i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. now is in the 24th century as they ever have been they just have but then I go back to, I will not kill today. And I know, I mean, yeah. it's like, I, I'm contradicting myself, but it, it's, it's kind of where I am right now. I've got two minds at war about how I feel about this.
0: It's just, ugh. Man, you, you kind of, you hit the nail on the head. Reka and I were <laughs> having a very similar conversation to this before the show tonight. And mm-hmm. I, I look, I'm of two minds about it and I, I'm trying to reconcile those pieces because I... I like the storytelling. I like the characters. Mm -hmm. I want to see these characters challenged and I want to see them grow. And I want to see something that is important and relevant. I don't want things to just sort of be whitewashed. And at the same time, I'm doing what you're doing, which is asking myself, is there room for the positive, uplifting, visionary stories of the future that don't seem hokey, that don't seem dated, how do you do that in a modern storytelling way? Yeah.
1: Um, well, one thing John and I both commented on is that we got to watch Star Trek as kids. Like mm-hmm. pretty young. Like he was five, I was eight yeah. when we both started watching Star Trek. And a kid shouldn't watch Picard. Right. And well so and, and you know, like, and that what that did for us at that tender young age to actually have that represented uh, a world that's a better place was so powerful,
8: well, and even that's kind of gotten besmirched because in Star Trek Four they're surprised at the swearing, and yet, if you look at Discovery and now Picard as Canon, they were swearing all i mean maybe not so much it would only happened a couple of times in discovery, but still it you know the yeah uh. It, it's kind of like where'd that go?
1: It's tricky Cause there... though, because cause the storytelling, you know, it's important to talk about truth, and right. truth is yeah. ugly sometimes. So yeah. it's uh, it's tricky,
8: man. Yeah, Eric... I like that. That's why I'm torn because I I agree with, <laughs> with everything everybody's saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Eric, we we actually we have run over time. Oh, I'm we have. To say. Um, but but listen this (laughs) this is the conversation though that i i really want to have through this show and beyond this show Mm -hmm. uh because this is not it's definitely not the kind of thing that will get answered in a facebook comment you know i i I think i I see so much just sort of vitriol uh from both sides here about like it it is star trek and you're wrong if you say otherwise and other people no, it's not star trek this is not this and they invoke the name of gene roddenberry i'm like no no no. let let's talk about story first <laughs> right and let, let's let figure out what's important to us and how to tell stories eric thank you thank you thank you so much uh what an interesting way to end the show tonight please call back okay
8: i will do that thanks for taking the call in such a short you know good, good time no problem at all we, thank uh, you. we will see you
0: soon reka rika we we uh, so many good calls so much good conversation we just we didn't stop for anything
1: no we didn't are, are well, we gonna even talk about the other shows here as part of our wrap-up or yeah. we out of
0: time uh, d- just uh, say the address podcast.rockberry.com boom your turn
1: okay what
0: <laughs> podcast.rockberry.com i did it for you again
1: <laughs> but that's the but that's the last thing so now what do i say credits
0: there you go. Read the but credits. But it's in black.
1: Those are what you're supposed to read. Ah, God. For... <laughs> Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. The executive producer is Rod Roddenberry. The technical production team on Mission Log is Earl Green. Thanks, Earl. You're awesome. Be Thank sure you, to Earl. visit the podcast, roddenberry.com, for the latest Roddenberry podcast network, including not just Mission Log, but also Women at War, Priority One, The Trek Files, and your new daily Star Trek news. If you want to support Mission Log directly, Hey, give us a look over at patreon.com slash mission log. Some fun items there, including early access videos to your weekly mission log. Thank you, everyone, who joined us live. And thank you ahead of time to those who are going to be joining us later. And we will talk to you next week.
0: Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.